Well, as we've been in Advent, Advent means arrival or coming. And so we've been anticipating this together as a church family. And one of the things we've been, been thinking about is what does it look like to make room, to make room for Jesus, to make room for others, to make room for the Spirit to do a work in our hearts. And Rob, a couple of weeks ago, uh, put up on, on a screen and kind of had some audience participation where he said, name the Christmas villain. Do you guys remember this if you were in service? Okay, I want that same type of energy. I'm gonna set up, uh, set up this with a game. I'm gonna invite you guys into a game. This is gonna set up kind of uh, the message of what we're gonna do. But every year there is a gift that cannot stay on the shelf. It's like the most sought after gift, okay? So I have the, the most sought after gift of certain years going back about 20 years so we all can participate. So even the older people in, in the crowd can participate, okay? So what you're gonna do is I'm gonna put an image of that toy up on the screen. You're gonna guess first, you're gonna guess what the toy was that year that was so sought after. And then bonus point, we're gonna ask if you can name the year that it was the most sought after. Okay, so let's start off with our first one. Okay, how many had a Cabbage Patch doll? There we go. Okay, I remember those. My sister had those. Now now the tricky part, what's the year that it was the most? What did you say? Oh, so close. 83. 83. I thought you, I thought you had it right there. Okay, that was, that was that 1983. All right, the next one. The next one. Derek Pallon, did you have some pogs? Yes, you did. All right. What year did Derek Pallon get his pogs? So close. You guys, 91. You were in last service, weren't you? Aaron Greeno is a cheater. I want to call He's our keyboard player. He, is, he was in last service. That's not fair, Aaron. All right. My mom has a collection of these still at her house. Beanie Babies. What year? It's in the 90s. 95. So close, Richard. So close. All right, this one's a trick. This one's kind of tricky. If you said iPhone, you are young. iPod Touch. iPod Touch. What was the year? 2007. 2007. A lot of good guesses, no good answers. Okay, let's go to, uh, this one, this one stumped me. This one stumped me. Starts with a C. Cosmo. Did you Google it, Luke? Did you Google it? All right. What year was Cosmo? 2017. Oh, you guys almost had it. Almost had it. All right, the last one. This one, this one's the most recent one. All right, but if you're a true Star Wars nerd, Grogu, okay. What year? 2020. You guys are horrible guessers at the year. So we had 19 and 21. No, okay. I do all that because each year, each year there is a gift. I remember this as a kid. There was like a gift. If I got that gift, like it was gonna complete my life. My life was gonna be, all was gonna be well in the world. I anticipated it. And, you know, even adults, I'm not gonna let you off the hook because we still do this. Like we still, if we only had, now our toys get a lot more expensive as adults, right? Um, But you may even be thinking right now with the cold weather, if I was just in Cancun for a week, 
all my troubles would be gone. I, would, I wouldn't be stressed anymore. Everything, I, all that I stressed about for a whole year would be gone. We all do this. Like it's a, it's a human, human condition that we do. But we, we think, we think this, like what happens every year though, is that this gift promises so much. And while there is some great joy in the moment, what happens like hours later, days later, months later, it fades away. We realize it, it didn't satisfy. It didn't have lasting joy. It didn't have that fill in like the satisfaction that only, only Jesus can bring. So I personally relate to this. I am an idealist. I am an experience chaser. I am looking for the next best restaurant that Nashville's gonna open. I'm gonna check it out. That's right. I'm gonna go and, and, I, and, I, and I do this. And, and what happens is, is the thing that I thought was gonna bring the satisfaction, the joy, long lasting, it always disappoints. It always, it always leaves me wanting more. And so I wanna just talk about that, that the condition that we have and this pattern of, of looking for something to fulfill us, of looking for something that delights our eyes, that we desire it in our hearts. And then we sometimes will even go outside of God's provision in order to take what we think we need and demand of what we're looking for life for. We all do this in our own way of something that we think, if I have this, then I'll be satisfied. If I have this, then, then life will be all, all put together. I'll finally have peace. I'll finally have you fill in the blank. We all do this. And so there's this pattern that begins and what I, wanna, what I wanna point to is this pattern happens very early in the Bible that it talks about in Genesis 3. And in the, what I want you to pay attention to is in the midst of this dark moment of human history, we actually see the promise of God of why we celebrate Christmas. And so I wanna, I wanna pull us to Genesis 3 where we see this first thing happen here. Now the serpent, this, the evil one, the deceiver was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, then what'd she do? but it was a delight to her eyes that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate. And then both of the eyes were open and they knew that they were naked and sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin costs. That decision to take what delighted her eye, to believe the lie, to turn away from God's provision and his command turned out to be so costly. It led to immediate shame and blame of separation from each other, separation from God. And in the midst of that moment, the fascinating thing is that God in the midst of that promised that one day he would make it all right again. That in the midst of that decision where they went outside of God's provision, looking for something to, to fulfill them, looking for something to get what they did not have, in the midst of that, God promises that he will crush the head of the liar, the evil one. And I want us to collectively re reflect on this moment together. At Christmas, we're, we're doing a couple of things. We're remembering that we needed a rescuer, 
We're remembering that we needed a savior because all of us have done exactly what that first pattern did. We have all looked for something that we delighted our eyes. We desired it to fulfill something that we thought was missing outside of God's provision. And all of us are in need of a rescuer. And in that moment, God did, he promised that he would send one to rescue us. And he did send a rescuer. He sent the one who would save us. God did more than just send a hero to save us. He actually sent one to take on flesh, his son, Emmanuel, God with us to dwell among us. So this Christmas, what I'm inviting all of us into is to make room to remember our need for a savior, our rescuer, and to make room to celebrate. And both of those can be held at the same time. I was thinking about how can I, how can I kind of hit this home of like a, just an image or an illustration or, or something that we can talk about. And I remembered this image that uh, I saw several years ago of this art piece of where both of these kind of come into play. And I just wanna, if a picture is worth a thousand words, I want us to just, to, just to sit in silence and just look at this. You have Eve on, on the left and Mary carrying the promise to deliver in on the right. I just want you to think through all the different layers um, of the depth of the meaning of this image. As I reflected on this image this, this week, it, it caused me to remember and to celebrate. I looked at the fruit that, you know, still grasping a hold of the fruit and then reminded that the, the fruit of Mary's womb would actually be the one of the only fruit that could actually satisfy Jesus, our deepest and, and deepest longings of our heart. That Mary is carrying the promised one, the rescuer, the promised snake crusher, and, and you see her foot trampling the head of the evil one. I love the, the way that Mary is so tenderly looking upon Eve and where Eve is is looking forward to the, the promised one of the rescuer coming, the savior of the world. That this savior would take on our debt, our rebellion, our shame, our guilt. The promised one tenderly lifts our eyes to himself of what we're lo truly looking for is him. The promised one, Jesus, would crush the head of the serpent, removing the vicious sting of death. The promised one, Jesus, would take on flesh, becoming a baby. This Advent season, we've been reflecting on what it looks like to make room. And I'm in, as we're inviting you in to remember and to celebrate, I want us to think about that the Spirit is actually at work among us. The Spirit is actually the one that we are making room for to teach us, to, to convict us, to counsel us, to comfort us and all of those things. And to help us celebrate, I was reminded of a passage in Hebrews 4, 14 through 6, 16, that says this, talking about Jesus, the promised one. Since then, we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect who has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that you may receive mercy and find grace in your time of need. Why is it such a big deal that Jesus came as a baby and took on flesh? Like why is the incarnation 
not only needed, but why is it so foundational for our faith as followers of Jesus? It is the incarnation. It is the, that the father sends the son. In doing so, he tangibly shows us what he is like. He tangibly shows his heart for us as, as humans. He tangibly shows that he is for us. He is not against us. He tangibly shows us that we do not have to strive to make our way back to him because we never could. He came to us. He didn't just write words in the Bible describing who he is. He actually took on flesh to show us. What a beautiful image that is of of God humbling himself to become like us so that he could save us, so that we would actually be redeemed to him. In Jesus, God became word, became flesh. God spoke to us in the scripture, but became flesh in Jesus. How much more do we get to know who God is because of Jesus with the clarity of who Jesus is? God did all this so that you would not just know things about him, but that you would personally know him, to be in a relationship with him, I want you to think about Jesus coming into this world and, and taking on flesh, that he would, he would humble himself in, in that way to do that. And I want you to think about the impact that that has for, for you and I. As is, is Hebrews 4 says, that he can sympathize with us in every single way. That he was not only tempted, but yet sinless, which is huge, but he also experienced every part of human life. He experienced the brokenness of this world. He experienced what it, what it meant to, to lose a loved one that he cared about. And many of you are gonna be experiencing that this Christmas. He experienced what it meant to be betrayed by people that he invested in and loved. He experienced the, the, all of the human emotion that we have, all of the, this loss and brokenness of this world. And he did it so you and I would know that he is for us, that he is not against us and that he is with us. How much does that communicate to us that God wants us to be in relationship with him? Isaiah 40 says this, that talking about this this promised one, it says, he will tend to his flock like a shepherd, gathering his lambs in his arms close to his heart. That is the heart of the father for each one of us, that we would be, gathered close to him, close to his heart. And God did all of this so that you would know that there is a way back home, that Jesus is making a way back into relationship with God. Because each one of us has done exactly what Eve did, has saw something that delights our eyes, thinking that we need it, thinking it will satisfy us, thinking that it will bring peace, thinking it will bring wholeness, all of those things, and we go outside of God's provision because we think we must have this. Each one of us in this room has done that exact same thing. And so we make room to remember our great need for a rescuer, our great need for a savior, because all of us not only experience brokenness around us, all of us experience brokenness within us. We all need to make room this Christmas to remember. And the good news of great joy for all people that was proclaimed to the angels, the angels proclaimed to the shepherds is true of us, that we would make room to celebrate 
that we cannot make our way back to God, but the way, the truth, and the life has come in Jesus to show us the way back home. And Jesus's words to each and every one of us in this room is come and follow me. Come and find life in me. And some of you are like, Eric, I don't do this church thing. This is like the one time a year that I come. And I just wanna say Jesus's invitation is to you to find life in him. He is the only life that will truly satisfy our deepest longing and deepest need is himself. There is nothing on this world that will satisfy our deepest longing but Jesus himself. And that is why he came, so that you would know that he loves you and he wants you to find your way back home. And so this Christmas, we're inviting in because the story of the scriptures is pointing to Jesus and Jesus is saying, come back home. Would you remember why I came? And would you celebrate that I'm here in your midst? God dwells among us. Jesus is the gift that we actually need and desire, and many of us don't know that we need or desire it, but we do. And so I wanna invite you to pray with me, and then we're gonna do my favorite part of Christmas Eve service is light the candles and sing together, reminding ourselves that the light of the world has come. So would you pray with me? God, we just wanna pause, and as as we begin celebrations tonight with family, as tomorrow morning we wake up, I pray that each one of us would have a renewed awe and gratitude for what you have done, that there truly is good news that you have sent your son so that we would not be lost anymore to our own striving, looking for life apart from you and not be satisfied. But even in the brokenness of our world, we would see that the light of the world has come, has taken on flesh and invites us home to follow him. Wherever you are, I pray that you would hear Jesus' words inviting you to come find life in him to come find your way back home for your deepest longing and need to be satisfied in him alone. Jesus, I, I pray that your words would speak to people as, as we celebrate over these next couple days, that some for the very first time would hear your invitation to know you and find life in you. And for all of us to make room together and in our hearts to remember our personal need for you, our collective need for you, Jesus, and to celebrate that you have come. I pray this in your name, amen. Well, as we come to the Christ Canyon, um, this, is, this is one of my favorite things. I, I personally don't hang Christmas lights but I thank everyone who does. So if you do, thank you for that. I personally love looking at them because it reminds us as 
And, and do this, do a favor for me, leave them up through January. I mean, there's no, there's no hurry, guys. Leave them up through January. The reason why I love Christmas lights so much is as, as it gets dark outside, the light is pushing back the darkness. And what a reminder for us as we light these candles and as we dim these house lights that we're actually gonna see the light of the world push back darkness. And he has given us that same mission for us to go from this room and to push back darkness in our worlds, in our lives. And as we sing together, would you reflect on that? Would you make room to remember and to celebrate?